This aircon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, honorable chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. arms, can you please come in? Welcome to another episode of our Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast, the first since the beginning of the lockdown as we approach week 11 from week 10 of the lockdown that started on March 21. Today, we are discussing how our government has been able to handle uh, the lockdown since its beginning, whether they've done a good job, whether they've done an average job, or whether they've completely flopped at their job. Today, I am joined by our politics editor here at the Sunday Times, Mr. Sponga Gonka Shoba, and Mr. Apuati Klek, one of our colleagues at the Sunday Times Politics Desk. Now, on the lockdown, let's hear what President Cyril Ramaphosa had to say about why we had to get into the lockdown as we fight this COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. Without the lockdown, the number of coronavirus infections would have soared uncontrollably. Our health facilities would have been overwhelmed and many thousands South Africans would have died. From the very beginning, Our response has been guided by advice from world-leading experts from our own country and from across the globe. Well, that's uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa telling us the health uh, benefits of the lockdown, saying that indeed a whole lot more people would have died. We know now we've just surpassed the thousand uh, mark of uh, people who have unfortunately passed away due to the coronavirus, but President Ramaphosa did indeed say that had South Africa not gone the route of the lockdown, many, much more people would have died. I don't know if my colleagues agree with him. Of course, he does say as well that the whole lockdown was motivated through advice from experts and the scientists in the field of health. Uh, Mr. Shoba, let's begin with you and hear if you do agree with the President Cyril Ramaphosa in, in terms of the benefits of the lockdown, and do you believe that he is correct or telling the truth when he says that everything that they've been doing in as far as lockdown is concerned had been motivated by scientific data or evidence? Uh, Thank you for inviting me to your uh, podcast. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, when when government announced the lockdown, um, that was the intention. The intention was to buy time. Um, They they never really uh, told us that uh, the the, the lockdown was meant to prevent uh, 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 the spread of, 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 of the virus altogether. It, it was a strategy to, to buy time so that they can prepare the ground, uh, prepare the health facility, uh, make sure that citizens understand uh, uh, the, the, the virus, they understand how to prevent it, the washing of hands, sanitizing, wearing of masks, uh, uh, social distancing. So the lockdown gave them time to, to do all those things. We're sitting at home watching TV, listening to radio, and each and every news bulletin was about the virus. And I, I think now more and more people understand the virus. They understand that how you try to, to, to prevent getting infection. Um, and, and that really has, um, has gone a long way 
in 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 helping us uh, not to um, re- reach uh, the peak uh, earlier than uh, it would have happened had we not had a lockdown. Of course, there's been um, mistakes along the way. Uh, they were expected because it's a new virus, and, and 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 those mistakes have been committed elsewhere as well in other countries. And for us, um, when, when government took the approach that they that they decided to take. We, we, we did expect to th- those kind of mistakes to happen as they learn more about the virus, as we as citizens learn more about the virus as well. And and, and I think what we, we, we are looking at now is whether government did use that time um, efficiently and, 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 and whether they are ready for the peak because now the decision to, to move us to uh, level three, uh, the economy is opening up and more people are, are going to work, more people are getting on public, on public transport. So what we uh, were looking at now is whether government did use that time efficiently. Mm, mm, mm. And, 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 and Mr. Shoba, there are some people who believe that uh, they are, they, I mean, on one divide, there are people who believe that the lockdown was delayed or it came too late. And then there are others that uh, believe that it was premature. What, what do you have to say about those particular two divides? You, you can't please everyone. Um, uh, I don't think uh, the, the, there would have been a decision that government would have taken that would not have been criticized by any of the of of the stakeholders and, and, and political parties. I think that it was it was a right decision to take, whether it was taken earlier or late. But I believe that it was a correct decision to take. We can argue, city and argue about the timing. Uh, I don't know how that would assist us. But in mm. looking back and and and, and looking at experiences at other countries that decided to delay the decision or decided not to take it at all, we, we can see the effects. We, you, you see what happening in Sweden and what happened in, in, in Italy and what is happening in the US right now. Uh, so I, I think it was a decision that had to be taken. So we can argue about the timing. I don't think it will assist us. Appeal, let, let me come to you, my brother. So, okay, as Mr. Schwab puts it, there was no other way but to go this particular route of the lockdown. But there's been a rather harsh criticism on regulations, not entirely, but some of the regulations. And we are now aware that it has even gotten to the courts where a Pretoria High Court judge did slam some of the regulations. If I make an example, for instance, the judge was quite scathing on how you can prevent people from visiting their loved ones when they need them the most, being in a hospital bed because you want to keep the spread of the virus. But once that person has passed away, you then allow people to go and make affidavits to go attend the funeral when, in essence, the person who has died who needed them while in their deathbed doesn't need them anymore. What do you have to say about some of the regulations up here that uh, you know others believe that were completely uh, you know unnecessary, so to speak? Look, um, there's a lot to talk or to say about uh, regulations broadly. Um, there are ones that uh, don't make sense, especially when we moved uh, from uh, level five uh, to level four and, and subsequently level three, some of the critics uh, of the regulations have been very harsh on government. Um, and even if you take that logic being used by the high court, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me, some of the arguments that are, are, are made there. And uh, I don't want to appear as if I'm slamming the judiciary, but I don't know uh, how the judge applied their mind uh, before making that judgment. But set that aside, <coughs> there has been a lot 
uh, to say about alcohol. There's been a lot to say about cigarettes. Look, it's difficult when you have to weigh between uh, uh, saving lives and uh, uh, keeping the economy uh, going and making uh, people who are uh, locked up in their houses basically happy. Uh, because people get frustrated. I was making this example earlier that working from home is so frustrating that uh, when you are done at 5 p.m., uh, your body normally, you, you start to, to leave office, right? But there's not such now because there's nothing you can do outside. It's locked. Um, so that, that is frustrating. But some of the regulations about clothing items, for instance, I thought they were ridiculous uh, when they opened for... Uh, winter clothing, so you couldn't buy a T-shirt. It's crazy uh, that uh, people don't think that you, you should be able to buy a T-shirt that you would wear underneath any uh, winter garment. Um, I think uh, some of uh, the ministers, when they were making the regulations, uh, they they treat us like we're children. Like I don't know, like we can't think reasonable. That's my take on the regulations themselves. But I mean, uh, on level three. Uh, for instance, uh, it doesn't make sense uh, for me to say that I can go to church uh, with less than 50 people, but I can't go to my aunt's house where there's three people. Uh, it really doesn't make sense. Um, so I, those, those are, are the ridiculous decisions that they've made. But a lot of the critics of uh, government during this time, they take those uh, silly mistakes and, and bash government a lot. When you criticize and when you take it in, you must you must find a balanced view. I think our government has done pretty well uh, compared to uh, other first world countries. Shoba was mentioning uh, the US. The US is, has been terrible at, at, at handling uh, this virus. The conspiracies that are out there uh, and so on. So, I mean, we've done fairly well. We've done fairly well. Now, we, with regards to the uh, the entirety of government's handling of this issue, as you put it, appear on the regulations, there's been contradictions among ministers in the, in the briefings that we've become accustomed to. Every time there's going to be new regulations, there will be ministers in the same press briefing who contradict each other. Of course, the lockdown hasn't been without casualties. We do know that very early on in the lockdown, there was one minister, uh, Stella Nandabini uh, Abrahams, who was suspended, but that was not because of her performance in government, but rather on her preaching uh, the, the regulation on not to gather for lunch with friends and stuff like that. But let us just focus to the performance of ministers in particular. And President Cyril Ramaphosa did acknowledge some of these contradictions in one of his uh, addresses. Let's see what he had to say about the contradictions. There may have been times when we have fallen short of your expectations. Some of the actions we have taken have been unclear, some have been contradictory, and some have been poorly explained, and some have evoked a lot of anger and opposition in all of you, in many of you rather. Implementation has sometimes been slow, and enforcement has sometimes been inconsistent and too harsh. This evening, I want to reaffirm my commitment and the commitment of the government that I lead to take whatever action is necessary to safeguard the life, the dignity, and the interests of the people of our country. 
That's uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa. It's not every day that you hear a politician taking responsibility for shortcomings, but indeed uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa did take some here, although he's not directly involved because uh, he is not a minister. All he does is to announce the overall regulations and uh, the ministers who are involved in the implementation or the communication of the individual regulations. Mr. Shoba, do you believe that with regards to the contradiction and the unclear communication and the unclear or slow implementation rather at some time, do you believe that some of these things as uh, President Siramakos acknowledges should have, you know, resulted to some of the ministers uh, being fired? Not necessarily. I I think what was missing was a a proper communication strategy. At the beginning of of, of the national lockdown, we all thought that they had centralized communication to the office of the Minister of Health, who was very articulate and spoke with authority on the disease and the pandemic and its spread and what government is trying to do. It all went down south when, um, when, uh, when, when, when they called these cluster briefings, when the ministers took turns to contradict each other. And, and with hindsight, that shouldn't have happened. I, I think government should have stuck uh, with an approach that says, let's have one spokesperson on this matter. And that person should have been the Minister of Health. Uh, we know that um, Minister Lamini uh, Zuma is responsible for the Disaster Management Act, but really they should have centralized communication. And I think had they done that, uh, we didn't found ourselves in a situation where we receiving contradicting messages. And, and, and government has really acknowledged those mistakes and, and, and as well as the ANC and this alliance. They've gone through that process of analyzing what, what, what went wrong and what went right. And they acknowledge that um, um, some of the things that happened shouldn't have happened. The contradictions, um, the, 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 the use of, 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 of brutal force by the police, the situations where uh, PPEs uh, disappear, the situations where food is supposed to be, food passes are supposed to be distributed to the poor, don't reach uh, those people who need uh, those food parcels the most. The slow process of the, the processing applications in the in the UIF system. So they've acknowledged all those uh, mistakes and, and, and they, they, they are promising that they are working on fixing them. Uh, but really, we did expect um, unless you were someone was living under a rock, uh, you wouldn't expect mistakes if you are living under a rock. But we did expect that there might be mistakes because it's happening for the first time, and everyone is learning as we go. And 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 without a proper proper communication strategy, these mistakes uh, take place. I mean, as 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 our political editor says that mistakes are part of life and we i'm sure if we are fair we would all acknowledge that but in terms of the performance of individual ministers i pure if i were to say give me <laughs> two to three to three ministers that you would say have been outstanding in their performance during this uh, uh, lockdown who would you say those are and what <laughs> they are putting me on the spot here <clears throat> the i think the minister of health um has done very well he didn't attempt to politicize uh, the pandemic and uh, his patience in explanation and and, and calling out uh, wrong information uh, when it was unfashionable to do so, you know, he has done very well. I don't want to rate other ministers. Uh, I'll just speak about him. But I will tell you about those who have not done very well. Um, <clears throat> the minister of police for one, he is very overzealous in his approach uh, to policing during this time. 
asking ridiculous things like people must produce uh, receipts for cigarettes uh, when they are stopped at a roadblock. It's just ridiculous. He see he saw this as a chance for his um, ministry uh, to be, I don't know, seen as, as performing well, whereas when people are not on the streets, obviously there will be less instances of crime. Well, let me not go to uh, Minister Zamini Zuma because with her, uh, unfortunately, uh, she has to communicate the, uh, the message as taken by the collective, so we are told. But we also understand uh, her own stance against uh, tobacco. Time will tell if she was right or not. There is a lot of division over the matter. I think the Minister of Health agrees with her because it's, it's, it's really harmful. But is the ban uh, helpful for the fight against COVID-19? Um, at this stage, uh, I don't think so. I think maybe uh, how she's going about it uh, is not the right way. Yeah, I think let, let me let me stop there. Now, the, the lockdown matches, uh, it had everyone, uh, you know, uh, rallying behind it at the beginning. Even opposition parties would remember that President Cyril Ramaphosa, before announcing the lockdown, he had a consultation with various stakeholders, being uh, the religious groups, you know, uh, the business sector, and, but most importantly, all the political parties that are represented in parliament and all were singing really from the same hymn book uh, about the necessity for the lockdown. And then we know that towards the end of the initial 21-day uh, lockdown, there was a change of strategy when government began to adapt the so-called risk and justice strategy uh, by saying that now the lockdown will be phased out in stages instead of just lifting it out completely or just getting, uh, you know, continuing with the hard lockdown. That's when uh, everything really uh, began to, you know, uh, uh, disintegrate in terms of uh, political parties speaking in one voice. And that's when uh, the likes of DA started uh, really uh, disassociating uh, themselves from the unity that had been demonstrated from the political, uh, you know, class, so to speak. Let's hear what John Stenhazen had to say about the DA's stance as the lockdown moved beyond the 21-day uh, initial uh, lockdown. The real tragedy playing out here is no longer the coronavirus, but the lockdown itself, because this lockdown is going to cost many more lives than it can possibly save. This is a hard truth to speak, and it's an even harder truth to hear, but it's a truth that must be spoken. We have to end the lockdown crisis and we have to end it now. Well, uh, very strong words there from Mr. Johnson Hazen, the interim leader of the DA, talking about really one of the most important issues in the topic, which is about whether, which one is important between saving lives and saving the economy. I mean, according to him, the DA does believe that uh, the lockdown, if it's continued for far too long, it has the potential to completely collapse the economy and thus destroy the livelihoods of people. But I, I, I would personally think that it's rather unfair to compare the two, but I think a striking of a balance between the two, also elevating the one against the other, I think is rather irresponsible. But Mr. Shobo, what do you think about the stance of the DA in particular around the lockdown, having the potential to destroy the livelihoods of people much more than the damage that is caused by COVID-19? I'm not sure if I agree with the, with the leader of the DA entirely, but the DA and other political parties, as you said earlier, were very much in support of the government approach uh, in March when they were consulted. And I think their, their stance is mostly influenced by 
a general um, frustration with the government's approach as it moves along. So it, it, it all stems from the the poor communication that is happening, the contradictions. And it's not just the DA that is frustrated. Most citizens are frustrated uh, about the, the decision that government is taking, uh, precisely because they are not well communicated. Look at the decision to ban uh, the sale of, of tobacco products, for example. One instance, the president says uh, they have lifted the ban and, and the following week, the Minister of Cooperative Governance says uh, the ban remains. And, and and you get frustrated now, you don't know what, what, what's happening, who's in charge, uh, who's making the decisions, or why decisions are being made. And the explanations that are given, I think, are not convincing enough for a citizen to accept them as being done in good faith. And I think the, the stance of political parties as, as we move along, them now breaking ranks, the DA uh, going to court to challenge the regulations, the AFF coming out to lambast government and in, in public. I, I think it's, it, 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 it's a result of that frustration of not understanding exactly now what are we trying to achieve. We knew what we were trying to achieve back in March, but right now there is that confusion that like we are in the dark, like we, we, we sort of move along as, as, as days goes. We don't know really what is it that we, we are trying to achieve. Mm. Well, talking about the EFF, let's hear uh, what has been a rather scathing attack on the government is in the lockdown from the EFF leader, Julius Malema. The EFF strongly demands that government should reconsider the premature, senseless rec- and reckless reopening of various sectors of the economy and schools until there is a solid scientific basis to do so. Well, appeal with those are very strong words. Your, your thoughts, please. Look, uh, at the beginning, I was impressed by uh, how the EFF handled the, the whole lockdown. They were very supportive and they kept away, uh, not uh, posting unnecessary statements that can rile uh, uh, their supporters and a number of people who, who relate to them. I get where Julius is coming from because of his understanding maybe of what the lockdown meant, but I think uh, his criticism on government is unfair. That we must stay on on, on, on level four or, or go back to level five is crazy. Uh, I remember speaking with one uh, leader who spoke of how passionately Julius spoke about this during the meeting with the president, went as far as saying that uh, he was motivating for uh, the ban of alcohol and the cigarettes more than uh, the religious parties that is uh, Al Jama and the uh, ACTP. Uh, and he, he went on to say he is more religious uh, th- than a lot of us these days. His understanding of, of the lockdown uh, and what it's meant to achieve, I think it's, it's limited. But yeah, um, insofar as the DA uh, uh, is concerned, their stance initially was, was correct. I liked the way that they produced documents to advise the government uh, based on models that they've uh, studied from abroad and based on their own contributions. But you see, uh, there's a difference between uh, assisting government and being in government. And the, the issues that they picked and a lot of their public reps, uh, let alone Stan Hazen, they were very p- petty in, in, in some of the issues and some of the fights. And pointing fingers uh, uh, squarely at certain ministers whom they don't like anyway. Uh, so it had, it had 
little to do with uh, 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 their challenge on the regulations and more to do with their ideological difference with Minister Patel, for instance. Uh, 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 their dislike of uh, 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 NTZ based on whatever uh, 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 that may have transpired. So, yeah, well, uh, other political parties have been very silent. Bolomisa uh, hasn't been uh, that vocal except for his fight in the Eastern Cape. Patricia Delil and her party, very quiet, uh, and the rest of them. Oh, oh. My personal views on both the DA and the EFF stance, on the DA, I do uh, want to say that they are not completely wrong by saying there ought to be a balance between the effects or the socioeconomic uh, impact that a uh, protracted lockdown would cause on the future and the livelihoods of uh, many South Africans. But also we cannot ignore that we have to take the necessary measures or precautions to make sure that we contain the coronavirus and make, you know try uh, our level best that it doesn't claim as much uh, fatalities as we've seen in countries like the United States. With the EFF, I think their approach is rather misguided, but we've, I mean, in that we've had some very irresponsible comments from their leader, uh, Julius Mariba, saying that, uh, you know, the economy, let the white economy collapse. There seems to be a, 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 a miss or, or rather a deliberate political misunderstanding of the situation at hand on the part of the EFF, because you can't say let the economy collapse and let everyone go poor and start afresh, but let's prioritize the saving of lives. So that's just my two cents worth of the two political parties. But generally, I think uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa and his uh, leadership have done fairly well, uh, not without mistakes, of course, uh, mistakes of which I think ought not to be repeated uh, going forward. Gentlemen, uh, as we close, uh, what are your closing remarks? Let's start with Mr. Shaw. I think the debate that the political parties started is very healthy for our democracy. It's healthy that they put the government on, 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 on their toes. And, and, the, and it's correct that they point out mistakes. And if those are, 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 are not deemed to be mistakes as such, by if they take them to court and the court agrees with government or the court um, uh, 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 instructs government to, um, to amend uh, some of those regulations, I think it's good for us. It's good for us as, as, as citizens that uh, we, we have a government that can be uh, challenged. And, um, and, and and that it must put the the the, the interest of the citizens uh, first. Um, I, I agree with Shoba uh, uh, on the pointing out uh, of mistakes. And what I liked the most, though, um, especially um, around level five, uh, that when those mistakes have been pointed out by political parties, the government has listened, um, which is what I think we need going forward. That. If there is a good proposal, take it, use it. Um, oh. It doesn't assist us to be uh, stubborn just and not take an idea just because it's coming from an opposition party. I, I, ho- I really hope that they take uh, these suggestions and these corrections that they get from opposition and, and, and other sectors, uh, um, really, and, and include them uh, going forward because it makes our, our country richer. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, that's that's all we have time for today. Our very first podcast since the lockdown, but we'll continue, of course, to monitor the lockdown situation and perhaps post the lockdown and try our level best to unpack the issues uh, on the political front as they happen. 
Thank you very much, our political editor, Bonga Wonga Shoba, and uh, our very esteemed uh, political writer, Apiwe Tiklek. And I am your host, uh, Zingisam Vuvu. Catch us next time. Continue to engage us uh, on the social media platforms with the hashtag STPoliticsWeekly. You can get our podcast on iono.fm and all other platforms where your pods are casted. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time.